Welcome to the Connection Point Church Podcast. We hope to be an encouragement throughout your week. New episodes are available every Sunday evening and Thursday evening. We also invite you to join us live on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. If you're glad to be in the house of the Lord, would you say amen? I want to give honor to your pastor and first lady. If you haven't recognized it yet, y'all are blessed with incredible... Come on, somebody. We love Brother and Sister Noling. As uh, Brother Noling mentioned, we served on the committee together. And I- I've got to say this, um, when Pastor Noling spoke, uh, people listened that there was wisdom, you can, uh, there, it, he had some comedy in there, but uh, for the most part, uh, when my man spoke, uh, people listened, and I'm thankful for his wisdom, not just in the youth committee, but in this church, in this city, in this state, that we're thankful for those that are leading and guiding us in this last day. Can I get an Amen. It's so good to see so many familiar faces here today, and what an honor and privilege it is for uh, my wife and for my girls to be here um, this morning. We are honored. Turn with me to Luke chapter 7, Luke chapter 7, and I want to say it's so good to see my friend, Brother Ryan Caldwell, here uh, today. I love you, sir. It's so good to see you, Um, and again, so many familiar faces. I want to just mention, anybody like a good podcast? Okay, good. I'm in a safe place today. All right. Um, I I like a good podcast. I was listening to a podcast, a business podcast, not too long ago, and they were talking about uh, a small business owner by the name of Elon Musk. Um, You know, he's got a couple of small things going on right now. And they were saying that in the early 2000s, you could purchase time to sit down and get um, his feedback on an idea or get his feedback on, on something that you're coming up with with no, no vested interest for him, but you could sit down, have coffee with him or, or shoot the breeze with him and just kind of get his general idea on if this is a good idea or not. And they, they were saying on the podcast that here in 2022, there is not a dollar amount that you can pay Elon Musk to sit down and to get his opinion. Pretty wild, right? And it got me thinking about how thankful I am as a child of God. That Psalm 40 says that David, uh, he, he inclined, and, 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 and the Bible says he heard my call. That David was calling upon the Lord, and, and the Bible says he heard my call, and he inclined unto me, and he picked me up out of a pit, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet on a rock. He established my goings. He put a new song of praise on my lips. And it all started because the Lord heard the call of David. And I'm thankful that the maker of the heavens and the earth, the one that can make the the mountains shake and the earth tremble, I'm thankful that that God, regardless of what I'm going through, come on somebody, he hears my call. That it doesn't matter what I'm faced with or what I'm going through, he hears me. 
And so all across the house, before we even get into the word, I wonder if we could just lift up a hand towards heaven. I I don't know about you, but I've got needs. I've got things in my life. I've got situations that I'm, I'm faced with, that I'm going through. But I'm encouraged today to know that when I call upon the name of the Lord, he hears me. And so I wonder if somebody would just say, God, I, I, I pray right now that you would hear my prayer, that you would hear my call. Come on, all across the house, would you lift up your voice and would you just begin to call upon the name of the Lord, that you hear me in my situation, that God, you see me in my need, my time of need, Lord, that you are there, God. Would you say amen in the house this morning, Luke chapter 7, and I'm going to be taking a look at verses 2 through 9, and again, I want to just say what an honor it is to be in the house of the Lord with you today. If you're thankful, would you say amen? Amen. Luke chapter 7, beginning in verse 2, it says, and a certain centurion's servant who was dear unto him was sick and ready to die. And when he heard of Jesus, he sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that he would come and heal his servant. And and when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying that he was worthy for whom he should do this, for he loveth our nation, and he hath built us a synagogue. Then Jesus went with them. And when he was now not far from the house, look at this, the centurion sent a friend to him, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not thyself, for I am not worthy that thou should enter into my roof, under my roof. And, um, you know, in the comedic version, as I'm reading this, I, I tend to think that, like, maybe he didn't get the house clean enough, and he was a little nervous to have Jesus come under his roof, or maybe he didn't get things, you know, quite ready in time. And so he sends a servant to say, look, Jesus, you don't even need to come to the house. Like, literally, just just say the word, and my servant will be healed. And verse 7 says, wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come under thee, but just say the word and my servant shall be healed. For I also am a man set under authority. Look at this, having under me soldiers, and I say unto one, go, and he goeth, and to another, come, and he come. He was humble bragging. You know, he's saying, I've got a lot of people that answer to me, and, and I, I've got servants that will do this, and, and he will do it. And verse 9 says, when Jesus heard these things, he, somebody help me preach this, he what? He marveled. Jesus, he marveled at him and turned him about and said unto the people that followed him, I say unto you, I've not found such great faith, no, not in Israel. That this was a real shock for a centurion to to, uh, have this type of faith towards Jesus, that it caused Jesus to marvel. Now, if you will turn with me quickly to Mark chapter 6, verse 6. Mark chapter 6. In verse 6, and this is Jesus coming to preach in his hometown to his home folk, excited to deliver the word of God. And you get to verse 6, and the Bible says, and he, somebody help me preach this. He marveled, but look at why he marveled this time. Because of their unbelief. Then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. I want to preach to you on the simple subject this morning of faith and unbelief. Would you lift up your voice and would you ask God to give you ears to hear 
and a heart to receive today that God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, let this fall on good ground. I pray, Lord, that you would you would allow us to spiritually be here today. That God, I pray in the name of Jesus that as the word goes forth, that Lord, this doesn't fall by the wayside, that this doesn't fall on the stony ground, that this isn't quenched up by the sun. But Lord, I pray, Lord, let it fall on good ground today. That Lord, every ear, let us hear, God. In the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody say, in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody said, in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated in the name of the Lord. Has, has anybody heard of the name Florence Chadwick? Anybody heard of the name Florence Chadwick? All right, good. I got a story to share with you. Florence Chadwick, she was a swimmer and... Um, She's probably in the Guinness Book of World Records. She swam. She was the first female to swim the English Channel, and I think she did it a few times. And um, So then she got the crazy idea. If you look this up on a map later today, it's pretty wild to see. She got the crazy idea that she was going to swim from the coast of California to the coast of Catalina Islands. And if you're unfamiliar with how that looks, it's a 26-mile swim. Uh, th- and this is not like, you know, the pond in the backyard. This is not like Lake Monroe. This is the Pacific Ocean, somebody. Hear me this morning. You know, like shark and, you know, all sorts of crazy. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm not okay with that, right? You know, there's like real currents there and, and real waves. And, and she got this crazy idea that she was going to swim from the coast of California to the coast of Catalina Islands, a 26-mile swim. And, and this is way back in 1952. She got this crazy idea, and she got a boat to follow her in case maybe sharks got near or cramps started to occur. And, and so she, she got the team ready, and she went out, and she began this swim. She pushed off from the coast of California in pursuit of that island. And, and she was doing pretty well, about five hours in, 10 hours in, 12 hours of swimming in, doing fantastic. And I'll tell you this morning, I have a hard time sitting in a recliner for 12 hours. Come on, somebody. Here she is swimming with currents and, 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 and with, with all sorts of fish and, and doing a fantastic job. But about 15 hours into this swim, a, a, a thick fog begins to set in. And she swam for about another hour more and, and, and hoping that the coast was near. But she finally gave up about an hour after the, the fog set in because, because the fog, it had clouded her vision. Somebody hear me this morning. And it had clouded her confidence. And what she found out when she got back into the boat and when she got with her team, she found out that she was less than one mile away from the coast of Catalina Islands. And as you can imagine, this was kind of eaten at her, you know. And so she, she got the team together, and, and, and two months later, she tried it again. And, and, and so she goes out, and she, she again, she pushes off from the coast of California in pursuit of the coast of Catalina Islands. And, and once again, she's doing great, getting 10 hours of swimming in, and 12 hours in, she's doing great. 15 hours in on this second try, what do you think set in? Yeah. That thick fog set in once again. But this time, on the second try, she recognized that even though she could not see it, 
She had faith in knowing that I am not far away. And it was on this second try that she ended up reaching the coast of Catalina Islands because she had faith in knowing that I'm just a little bit closer from the coast of Catalina. I've come to let somebody know that there may be some things in your life that seem to be pretty foggy right here, right now in 2022. Come on, somebody. That there might be some things that that on this day you woke up thinking, man, it, it just seems to be a little spiritually foggy. That there's there's some things, come on, am I preaching to anybody this morning? There's some things that, that might not be going perfect, but I've come to encourage somebody that you are not far away from the breakthrough in your life. That you are... Come on, you're not far away from revival and you're not far away from great things taking place and you're not far away from that miracle that you've been praying for. And so today we recognize in this story of Florence Chadwick that sometimes it's going to it's going to take some faith to get to the other side. That it's 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 requiring of you and I a little bit of faith to get through those foggy situations. And it's in Luke chapter 7 that we read about faith. That this centurion he he has a servant and and this servant is close to death, and, and he hears that Jesus is near, and so he, he sends another servant out to see if Jesus can come and, and heal his servant. And you might be wondering, why on earth would, would he do this? And it was because the centurion understood that Jesus had the power to heal, and Jesus had the power to restore, and Jesus had the power to do anything, that he had all power and authority. But I've come to let you know that Jesus Christ, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so we read about it in Luke chapter 7, but it is the same here today in this season of life that our God has the power to heal, and he has the power to restore, and he has the power to save, and and our God is not done filling people with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. That he is not done doing what he said he would do. And so he called on Jesus. And uh, Jesus, he's en route to the centurion's home. And, and we read about it, that the centurion, he sent another servant out to Jesus to, to let him know that, that he doesn't even need to come all the way to the home, that, that the centurion wasn't worthy, the Bible says. And, and so just say the word and my servant will be healed. And, and when Jesus heard this, the Bible says that he marveled and said, I've not found such great faith. That the centurion, he, he approached this situation with faith. And I've come to just remind somebody here today that there is power in faith. That the scripture lets us know that if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, move, and it shall move, and nothing shall be impossible. That that is the truth for you and I today, that all it takes is just a mustard seed size of faith, that Jesus, he's attracted to faith. 
The first thing that we recognize here is, is that faith is what Jesus looks for. If you'll recognize in the scripture, Jesus says, I've not found such great faith. Meaning that when Jesus was going from city to city and from town to town and from situation to situation, it was faith that he was looking for. It, it, it was faith that, that he was searching for as he would walk into a building, as he would walk into a situation, as he would walk into a town. It was faith that he was looking for. And also what we recognize is that Jesus, he's, he's attracted to faith because it's what he marveled at. The Bible says that he was in awe and, and he was amazed. And, and to be frank with you this morning, I think he was shocked that this individual was having that type of faith in Jesus. And so I'm not a great student here today. I'm just going to confess that. Is that okay? I, I wasn't an excellent student in, in middle school, high school, college. And, and I say that just in case if I get this wrong, then your pastor can come up and clean this up later. But in, in my studies of, of taking a look at things, I find only two places in the Word of God where Jesus marvels. It's right here in Luke chapter 7 where he marvels at faith. And the other place that we see where Jesus, he marvels, where he's in awe, where he is, he is shocked, so to speak, is in Mark chapter 6 where he marvels at unbelief. That on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, we, we see him marveling at great faith and, and marveling at great unbelief. And it's it's in Mark chapter 6 that Jesus, he travels into Nazareth, his hometown, and, and he begins to preach and teach, and, and at, at first they're amazed, and, and they're astonished, and they're loving it, and they're bouncing off the walls, and they're amening him, and they're, they're, they're running the aisles. I like to think in my mind that they're just getting behind his preaching and teaching, but, but then they begin to second guess him. And how many times do we do that? We, we come into the house of God and we hear a preached word from our pastor and we get all excited and then Monday comes around and we start to think, well, I don't know if that really was for me. Come on, somebody. Well, I, I feel like God wants to do a work in my life, but then on Tuesday morning, we're, we're right back in that same old stupor of, of thinking, well, I just don't know if I'm ever going to be able to get at Man, that was a great service, and, and that was great worship, and that was great praise, but then Wednesday comes, and, and you're back at work, and, and you're feeling down and out, and, and so many times we have this same attitude where, where we're right there with you, Jesus, but then we begin to second-guess him, and that's what they did in Mark chapter 6. They are preaching with him, and then all of a sudden, as the word is going forth, they begin to say this, isn't he just a carpenter? He, he doesn't have his Urshan degree, and he doesn't have the Indiana Bible College degree, and, and he doesn't have the, 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 the little piece of plastic that says he's a licensed United Pentecostal minister. He, he doesn't have all, isn't he just Mary's son? That's literally what they were saying. Isn't he just Mary's son, and isn't he just a carpenter, and why, why on earth are we listening to him? He's not educated, and he doesn't have it all together, and, and the Bible says that he could do no mighty works there because of their unbelief. 
that they would get all dressed up and, and they would put it on their calendar to come and hear him, but, but they would see no miracles that day and, and no wonders and, and no healings and no mighty works because of their unbelief. And I will tell you today that unbelief is dangerously toxic. That unbelief is like an invisible prison that you put yourself into. That Jesus wants nothing to do with it. Charles Spurgeon said it this way. He said, every other crime touches God's territory, but unbelief aims a blow at his divinity. It impeaches his truthfulness. It, it denies his goodness. It blasphemes his attributes. It maligns his character. Therefore, God of all things, he hates first and chiefly unbelief. That Jesus, he, he wants nothing to do with it. In fact, it's noted that this was most likely the very last time that Jesus ever stepped foot back into his hometown after experiencing such unbelief. If you're with me this morning, would you say amen? That we see in Luke chapter 7 that Jesus, he looks for faith, but in Mark chapter 6, he, he passes by unbelief. And it's right here in this season of life, in 2022, that, that we have a choice today between faith and unbelief. That when the preached word of God is presented to us week after week, we have a choice between faith in unbelief, that when we go to the Word of God every morning to, to get the real news rather than CNN or Fox or Twitter, come on somebody, that before we go to all of those things, that when we seek the Word, we've got a choice between faith in this or unbelief. That when there are trials that come up and, and situations that come up and, 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 and when sickness comes and when bad news comes and, and when the doctor tells you the, the things that you don't want to hear, we have a choice between faith and unbelief. That when they, come on, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. <laughs> that when God places a call on your life, there's a choice. You might be thinking, well, I don't know about that, and I don't know about this season of life. I've come to let you know, whether you're nine years old or 99 years old, God has a call for your life. That if you're still here on this earth, there is a purpose for you, there is a plan for you, that he is not done with you, he wants to use you. Come on, somebody, that you're... Your community, your workplace, your school, wherever it is that you go, I've come to encourage you that the Holy Ghost goes with you. That the Spirit, that they're not just shaking hands with you, but they're coming in contact with peace that's not of this world. That they're coming in contact with joy that's not of this world. And it's not your charisma. It's not your last name. It's not, not what department you're leading in the local church. It's what's inside of you, and it's the Holy Ghost. And so my encouragement to you is to recognize that I'm not going alone into the school, and I'm not going alone into the workplace, but God is leading me and guiding me. And it might just be that there's somebody at the workplace that's waiting to hear about your testimony. 
It might just be that somebody at, at, at the restaurant later today, they're, they're waiting to hear about what God has done in your life. And they're waiting to see about that story where God, he put all the pieces back together and he made it and molded it. And, and I don't know how he did it, but this is what God's done for me. That every testimony in the house today, there is somebody waiting to hear what God's done for you. That there's a call on your life that there's a purpose for you. And it reminds me, a number of years ago, there was a young man that came to me. His name was Gabe Wheeler. Anybody know Gabe, Brother Gabe? He's come here and done a few things here, I think, at the local church. But Brother Gabe, he came to me when he was just a student in our youth group, just a young man. And, and, um, and this was before you know, we had the live streaming and before we had the Instagram going and, and before we had the Facebook Live and, and the podcast and all that kind of stuff. And he came up to me and he's, you know, he came up, he said, man, I want to be used of God. And I'm thinking, all right, man, here comes that preacher to come and give us a break every once in a while. That, you know, maybe he wants to lead worship or something, you know. Here we go. He goes, I feel like God's wanting to use me uh, um, with this. And he showed me his, his big old camera. And again, this is like back in 2014 or, you know, it's like Insta- we weren't using Instagram back then. We weren't live streaming, thank God. I mean, that, that, you wouldn't want to live stream some of those youth services. I mean, it was like terrible, you know. Whoever was preaching back then, I, it was terrible. And, and it was like, you know, in my unwise decision making, I was just like, man, just keep honing in on those skills and maybe the Lord will open up a door. I don't know. You know I don't know how this is going to turn out. A camera? What are we going to do here? Maybe you can put some PowerPoints together and, and help me with the sermon making, which has nothing to do with the camera. You know, it's like, and so we talked through it and it was like, hey, just keep, keep learning, keep growing in this skill and this ability. And who knows what God will do and who knows what kind of door will open up and and so he he enrolled into full sail university where where people from uh, all over the country all over the world will go to to get leveled up in videography and Gabe graduated at the very top of his class come on somebody and then all of a sudden the pandemic hit and we were sitting around in a war room thinking, man, what do we do? We weren't live streaming. We weren't going uh, uh, online with anything. And, and we were like, how in the world are we going to be able to shut down service but still feed people with truth? And, and how are we going to be able to minister to people when, when the doors are closed? And how are we going to do this? And, and should we just do audio? Should, should we just put out a blog? Should, I mean, we were going through it. We were trying to think, what on earth are we going to do? And Gabe spoke up in that moment and said, I know exactly what we can do in this season. And I'm telling you, we had people receiving the truth, people hearing the word of God week after week during a season where churches were shut down, all because somebody was believing in faith for their calling. And so it doesn't matter if you're working the sound sound booth, my man. It doesn't matter if you're in the Sunday school department. It doesn't matter if you're putting up the flags outside. If God wants to use us in his kingdom, my goodness, what an honor. What a privilege. In fact, I wonder if we could just lift up a hand towards heaven right now. Come on, every person under the sound of my voice, there is a purpose for you. And I wonder if you would just go ahead and, 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 and just allow a little faith to be, to be practiced right now that God, in the name of Jesus, you've got something for me. 
come on, would you go just a little bit further in that, that, Lord, you've got something for me, that, Lord, you're wanting to do something in my life, that, that Lord, there's a, there's a purpose for me, there's a plan for me. That little did Gabe know back in 2014 and 2015 that God would use him during this season like never before. And I'm telling you, once COVID hit and once the pandemic hit, Brother Gabe was reaching out to other churches and letting them know, here's what you can do and, and here's how you can go live. And I'm, I'm thankful that churches were able to preach the gospel because one young man years ago recognized, I don't know how it's going to work out and seems seems to be pretty foggy but god you can use me in this season that i don't know how it's going to work out and lord i don't know how you're going to use this for the glory of god and and it might not be with a microphone in your hand and it, it might not be on this platform but god whatever you want me to do for your kingdom lord here is my hands here are my feet here is my mind here's my life lord i'm giving it to you and i'm choosing faith that there was a young man that had faith when god called that it's faith that will lead to revival. That it's faith that will lead to souls being saved. That faith is, is what unlocks the door to miracles. Do you believe that this morning? That faith is what breaks down the walls of impossibility. And, and faith, it's, it's what causes the mountains to move. And, and faith, it is the substance of things hoped for. It's, it's the evidence of things not seen. That faith is what gets the attention of God and and it's faith that causes Jesus to marvel. And, and I, I've got to be honest with you that almost every sermon that I've heard preached when it comes to faith, I've thought of it selfishly. Anybody else? Let me explain it. If I'm faithful, then God will hook me up. Come on, somebody. Well, if I go to church, then, it, you know, if I come and I show up week after week, then, then certainly I'll get the promotion. Come on, somebody. That sometimes in our simplistic thinking, we assume that, that if I'm faithful, then God will hook me up. That he'll become kind of my genie in a bottle. That, that, that I, can, I can pick some things because I've been faithful to this. Or, hey, I was worshiping last Sunday, and so God, when I come before you in prayer, then, then you know, maybe, maybe you can kind of open the door. But what we recognize in this story with the centurion in Luke chapter 7 is that the centurion's faith had nothing to do with him personally. You recognize that? That in this story, his faith, it was for someone else. That the servant was a recipient of, of somebody else's faithfulness. And it's got me thinking this morning that maybe some of us were the recipients of somebody else's faithfulness. That maybe I'm... Maybe I'm here today because of the faith of somebody else, that they prayed when they didn't feel like it, that they were on their knees in prayer travailing before God, that they were fasting for you, they were believing in you, that there's a pastor that's believing in you in this last day, that, that they're praying for you in this last day, that, that God, he's got something for you, that somebody else, their faith has caused you to where you are today. It, it's got me thinking of my personal testimony, and if I've shared this before, just act surprised today, all right? 
But when I was 18 years old, I, I ran away. I got as far away from this as I could possibly get. I was living in Appleton, Wisconsin at the time. My parents were music ministers at a church there. And, um, and I ran away, and I did a pretty good job. I got 18 hours away from home. Ended up in Clinton, Mississippi, going to school at a uh, university there, majoring in sports management, doing what I wanted to do. Come on, somebody. And I, I, I was following after what I wanted, and I was, I was doing everything that I desired, and, and I, I had done a pretty good job of running away from mom and dad, and from my pastor, and from uh, uh, the church, but, but what I recognized is that I couldn't run away from God. And when I got to Clinton, Mississippi, my parents would continue to call me, and it was never a nagging call, but they would call me, and they would just, they would just remind me that Ryan... We believe that God still has his hand on your life. That, that Ryan, we're, we're praying for you and, and we're believing in you. And, and I would hang up the phone and I would go do what I wanted to do. Come on, somebody. I would go and I would live the life that I wanted to live. But, but after a while, I started to be thankful for that call. And I started to expect that call because that, that was my lifeline. That was that, that was that call knowing that God still has his hand on my life. Even though I'm making mistake after mistake, there's somebody there that's still picking up the phone and letting me know that Ryan we're praying for you and here's the deal they could have and maybe they should have chosen bitterness rather than picking up the phone and choosing faithfulness I've raised him all his days in this apostolic church. We, we've done nothing. They were fantastic parents raising me in the truth and, and raising me with love and, and raising me with kindness that they could have chosen bitterness, that, that we've done all this and he has decided to run away, that, that this doesn't make sense. And come on, is there anybody in the house today that maybe you're going through some things that just don't make sense, that you don't know why this is panning out the way it's panning out and, and you don't know why it happened the way it happened. It just doesn't make sense. But I will tell you today that I'm able to deliver the sermon that God has for me, and I'm able to stand behind this pulpit today because of the faithfulness of somebody else. That if it wasn't for them, I don't know where I'd be today. That if I, if I didn't have somebody praying for me, if I, if I didn't have somebody believing in me today, that who knows what, what could have happened, that faithfulness has a generational impact. That your decision to choose faith today, it's not just about you, but it's about your spouse, and it's about your children, and it's about people that look up to you, and it's about those children in the Sunday school classes that they're watching if you will praise through the situation. They're watching to see if you will worship through the trial. They're watching to see how you handle the difficulty. That your decision to choose faith it's not just about you, but it has a lasting impact on those that are around you. And so my prayer for you today is to do what the centurion did, and that's to seek Jesus. 
that even if it goes against cultural norms, and, and if for the centurion that was the case, he, he wasn't supposed to be on the side of Jesus, but, but he knew that there was power there. He, he knew that Jesus was the real deal, and, and he knew that he was the answer. And, and so sometimes we, we've got to go against the grain, and, and we've got to go against society, and we've got to go against culture, and we as the people of God have got to understand in this last day that when nobody else is doing it, I'm going to choose faith. That if it's just me in my home, that if it's just our church, that if it's just myself, I'm choosing faith in this situation. That it, it might seem cloudy and there, there might be some fog along the way, but I'm, I'm making up my mind in this decision between faith and unbelief. I'm making up my mind that I am choosing faith. All across the house, would you stand with me today? And would you lift up a hand towards heaven and would you just begin to call upon the name of the Lord right now that God in the name of Jesus. Come on, all across the house this morning that God in the name of Jesus, you see every situation, you see every trial, Lord, you see every dilemma, Lord, you see all heartache, you see every situation that God, you are in control, that Lord, you are able, that Lord, you have it all in the palm of your hand. God, you're worthy. My pastor told me of a story of a lady from a number of years ago that she made up her mind that she was going to choose faith in her husband coming to the house of God and being baptized in the name of Jesus. And, um, and so she, she did something pretty audacious. She put a, a, a fresh uh, pack of clothes in her trunk and in hopes that one day he would come and be baptized and, and he would need those change of clothes and, and, and that the Lord would, would baptize him and cover him and that his sins would be remitted and, and washed away. And, and so she, she held on to this hope and she held on to this prayer and, and years went by, 15 years went by, hoping, praying, believing, having faith, and her husband did not come to church and did not get baptized. You talk about holding on for a long time. Come on, somebody. But 15 years in, he made up his mind. One random Sunday, he decided, I'm going to go to the house of God. And, and it just so happened to be that that Sunday that he came to the house of God, 15 years into believing, 15 years into prayer, 15 years of worshiping and it being a sacrifice, 15 years of coming to the altar and it being a sacrifice that God, here I am again and again and again. And here he came 15 years in comes to church, is baptized in the mighty and miraculous name of Jesus Christ, and she finally got to see the fruit of her faithfulness. And when she was in the altar that day, when he was baptized in the name of Jesus, she was letting everyone around her know, I knew God heard my prayer.
I knew that he would come through. I knew that the Lord would work it out. I knew that my God heard me. I knew that he was, come on somebody. I knew that he was with me all those years. I knew that he was with me Sunday after Sunday that she had a faith that God can do anything. So my encouragement for somebody under the sound of my voice, don't you dare throw in the towel today. Don't you dare give up today. Don't you dare tap out that even in the foggy situations, we've got to understand that I'm not far away from the coast. I'm not far away from where God is wanting to take me. I'm not far away from what God is wanting to do in my life. And so this morning, as these altars are open, I'm encouraging everybody. I'm encouraging everyone in the house this morning to make your way down to an altar and say, God, I know that you hear my prayer. I know that you can see my situation. That Lord, I know that you are in this with me that Lord you are guiding me and Lord you are leading me that there ought to be a little bit of faith here today that rises up in saying God I know that you are with me And so as we begin to sing this morning, I wonder if we could lift up a hand all across the house. Every need that is represented here today, you have a choice between faith and unbelief. That there is a choice today. And as Jesus is here, he is sweeping through this congregation and he is looking for audacious faith. That he is looking for great faith. That all across the house, there are needs represented. And so God God, you see my need, and right now I'm choosing faith. Come on, that's it all across the house. Would you lift up your voice? The Lord, here I am.